What is up, Daddy Gang? It is your founding father, Alex Cooper, with Call Her Daddy. Hello? Oh my god. I feel like I know you. I know. This is so I know. I've been so excited to meet you. This, this is, is going to be so good. This Do you is need anything? Crazy. No, I've literally helped myself to like free prosecco from the. Uh... Wait, what? I know there was. I mean, my. I don't even know. Guys, it's... I didn't get offered any. What the? It was in a fridge. I just took it. You're like, let's go. Welcome to London, babe. Oh, oh my god, I'm so happy to be here. What are we at with swearing for this pod? You fucking little dirty cunt! I'm gonna slide <laughs> a dildo up your butt. <gasps> You can say whatever okay, the fuck you want. Well, I wondered, like, are we going to make drinks or whatever? Because no, I, I know no one offered me a drink. So I was like, I think... Guys, can we get Alex and Prosecco? So apparently Olivia's been I drinking found, without me. I found it in a fridge. I was up... I might have paid someone's ghost to corner shop. It's upstairs in the fridge. There was four bottles and I just took a tumbler. Okay, ready? Yeah, ready. Olivia Atwood, welcome to Call Her Daddy. Like, that sentence just gave me chills. By the way. <laughs> like, I've got goosebumps. Wait, I love it so much. I'm so happy to be here in your presence. Really? Yes. Okay, I'm gonna give you a backstory okay. because I'm gonna like I'm gonna lube you up here. Okay. Okay. Pandemic. <laughs> I'm sitting in my New York City apartment. I am so bored as we all are. And I'm like, I need to find a TV show that I can like go and binge. Like I need to be here for days on end. And I find Love Island. And I put on my social media and I'm like, what season do I start? Obviously UK. And everyone is like, you have to watch three or five. You have to watch three or five. And so naturally I'm like, I'm starting with three. I click on three. Mm-hmm. Your beautiful face pops up. And the entire season, I was obsessed. You were so incredible. I was like, I need to interview this girl. And I thought this like over a year and a half ago to two years ago. So naturally, I flew 5,000 miles <laughs> so I could sit down with you and interview Olivia Atwood. Woo! This is crazy. This is crazy to me. Like, I've been a fan of the podcast forever. Stop. Like, I swear to God, the Instagram, everything. Oh, it's is is wild. Heart. Daddy gang, be nice to me. The, oh, are you kidding me? They're going to be... They are going to be so nice to you. I've actually had people wanting you to come on the show for so freaking long and I had reached out to your team and I think we had originally been like we can just do a zoom I remember like, this yep, yeah, a little yep. bit yeah I was like are you fucking kidding me I'm not doing a zoom with Olivia <laughs> I Atwood hate zoom as well no. it's just not the same like, like, we can't drink Prosecco <laughs> no, I can't fucking- <laughs> This episode is presented by Sparkling Ice. Turn up summer with Sparkling Ice. They have over 17 anything but subtle flavors, all made with zero sugar and packed with vitamins and antioxidants. Iced tea and lemonade, strawberry watermelon, tropical punch, peach nectarine. Yum. Crank up the flavor. Sparkling Ice, anything but subtle. This episode is brought to you by BetterHelp. Daddy Gang, I get that there are some things you don't want to share, but bottling everything up inside can truly have some awful consequences. I remember growing up, I guess, honestly, the the truth is I was getting bullied and I was like so embarrassed to tell my family that because at home I was fine, but at school it was tough for me. And I just remember feeling so awful about myself and I kept it to myself and I dealt with it by myself. And it literally just caused 
truly maybe like a decade of trauma. And later in life, now that I've processed it, I'm like, damn, I would have been so much better off if I had just talked to someone about it. And it didn't even have to be my parents. Talking helps a lot. And if you want a safe space for that conversation, I recommend therapy. I have had such an incredible relationship and experience with therapy. I was so ready to get better and to better myself and to understand myself more. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, convenient, and flexible. It's easy to get started. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist. You can even switch therapists whenever you need to for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash daddy today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash daddy. Two years ago, I became pregnant with a baby I desperately wanted. During a routine ultrasound, I learned that the fetus would have a fatal condition and never survive. I had to flee my own state to receive treatment. I think Donald Trump bears an incredible amount of responsibility for these restrictive laws. We need leaders that will protect our rights, and that's Joe Biden and Kamala Harris. I'm Joe Biden, and I approve this message. Let's go back a little bit, okay, okay, because everyone knows you from... Love Island. Mm -hmm. And you were incredible on it. But before Love Island, Mm -hmm. young, young Olivia, not that young, but like, you know, I'm not saying she's like 10 years old doing this, but you were like so creepy. You were a grid girl. Yeah. Can you explain what is a grid girl? What was your job? What were you doing? I was a model, but doing grid girl and promotion stuff to like fill the gaps, you know. And I was at this thing we have in the UK called the Touring Car Championships. It's like pretty low-key whatever it was there it was a miserable fucking day it was like the north of England and I was like what am I actually doing like standing here with this sad little flag and then the monster girls were there with another team and one of the girls approached me and she was like would you you know want to work with us but you when you work with monster you can only do like monster you can't do like a bit of this bit of that so I said yeah um and then, yeah, I started like a week after. And I did that solidly for like, oh God, like four or five years, I was like a monster girl. So it's everything. It's like all sporting events, like ski, skate, um, like track, cars, motorbikes. It's, it's crazy. Obviously, it's a bunch of hot girls and you're yeah. hanging out. And naturally, I can only imagine like the parties and the vibes. What is one of the wildest <laughs> nights out you remember having during that time of your life? They were always wild. Like, it was, you know, the amount of times I turned up with n- on no sleep. Like, I mean, I was just a different animal back then. Like, I couldn't do it now. Like, I'd be in a fetal position, like, rocking, crying. Like, I was, I could go out all night and then still look hot the next day. It was like, you know, what it's like to be that age. It's just the dream. But people always say to me, oh, the riders, the drivers. But, you know, like, the thing was, like, Formula One drivers, MotoGP, they don't drink. Like, really, they don't. They're, like, they are, like, quite a weird breed. Like, they're not super social. It's a very, like you know isolated sport so they don't really get involved in like you know partying and stuff so it was more like I'd end up like with the mechanics like (laughs) I didn't give a shit if he was down to like drink with me and get messy I was all about it like I didn't care if you were changing tires earlier you saw grease on your hands if you want to go and like well pound a bottle of Jaeger let's do it like I had no prejudice I didn't give a shit (laughs) I love that for you so much also I was I was thinking about it because I've dated athletes before I know you're engaged to one and so I'm thinking like I forgot that concept like when you're younger you want to go for these athletes but it's almost like wait till you're like a little bit older because they don't fucking party no 
And they're so, like, obviously dedicated to what they're doing and focused and nothing is going to, like... Oh, just disgusting. Oh, my God, imagine having dedication and, you know, self-control. <laughs> Olivia and I are like, it's so annoying so that gross. they won't party with us. Like, I don't comprehend it. Mm. I want to get a vibe, Olivia, of, like, how would you describe your dating life before Love Island? Give it to us. So, I had a long-term relationship with... Just this, oh, this piece of shit. But <laughs> I was with him for like four or five years. It was like my first real thing, and I was doing modelling, and I was very obsessed with this relationship. And I, I almost, you know, I, I, my modelling agency was so done with me because I would flake on things because I just wanted to be with him all the time. Like I didn't even care to have my own money. I had no drive. It was a really good lesson for me. I learned. I'm so glad I had that kind of relationship at that young age because it taught me everything that I needed to know do you know what I mean like to have your own money to have your own independence I just was obsessed and I was flaking on jobs he used to do this thing where he'd break up with me like on the Friday and be like I'm I'm, I'm going whatever like you know I'd be all anxious and like I'd be a mess and then on Monday to come back and be like oh no like let's work it out he just picked me up and dropped me all the time so when like Monster actually gave me like a lifeline that at that time that I I needed it's weird everything in my life I feel like with Love Island Monster it's like the universe has like thrown me this like life vest like at that wow. time it's like because doing Monster at first when I when I realized how much travel it was I was a bit like mm, I don't want to like travel and be away from him because I was like obsessed for some reason and it's like doing that and seeing the world and meeting new people opened my eyes to like oh my god there's this like massive world out there and you've made your world so freaking small like for what reason so it kind of opened my eyes to how dire the situation I was in was and then that broke down like for a good reason but then following that my dating was like pretty erratic like I just used to like you know go from one guy to the next I jump in really feet first like I am all about that I want them to be obsessed with me. I want to be obsessed with them. I want to get tattoos on the second date. I want them to move in. Like I, my, you know, they could come to the second date with my name tatted on their head, and I'd be like, "I'm my, what? Yeah, I'm literally. <laughs> yeah, I, I, do you want to go upstairs?" My friends are like, "That's insane." I'm like, "I love him." Like, yeah. So I love that that obsessive being in love. So I, I was always, you know, going kind of once the next, chasing that feeling. Sometimes you have to go through those relationships. Right? I don't know anyone that hasn't had that one obsessive relationship that borders unhealthy. Yeah. And it takes you having distance and space from someone to then be like, oh my God. And it may literally yeah. be like you going away for your job a bunch. And then yeah. all of a sudden you're like, wait, this shit is not healthy. Whether yeah. you're like viewing your friends or the people around you and you all, all of a sudden are like, okay, I need to, like, look at this differently. At one point, I don't even think I had, like, my own debit cards. It was ridiculous. Like, I didn't, I literally, like, when I say pulled the rug from under my feet every time he, like, left me, I was, like, you know, I was underweight and I was crying and I was just, I was just, like, I was just, it was so unhealthy. And I just, it just, learning that at that age, like, you know, my late teens, early 20s was, like, I think a really important lesson to learn. It just, I remember how I felt and I thought I'm never going to let myself be in that, situation again yeah if Brad walked out tomorrow it would hurt like I wouldn't get over it in a day but I could still get in my car that I own drive somewhere get my own house like I do you know what I mean I'm good yes. like I'd be heartbroken but I'm good I'm totally. not gonna be on my knees like I was with that situation I've been in one of those two and I think it's like wait if he left tomorrow what happens like yeah. am I okay like again heartbroken is different than like wait I literally have nowhere to live no money no friends my yeah. family is gone because I distanced myself like checking those moments oh, I, think I was like good. distanced from everyone like yeah. friends family like completely isolated like so yeah monster was like you know it was 
it threw me a lifeline. Um, and we had, I had the best, I traveled the world. This is my thing that I say is like, you know, people get on about grid girls or like, you know, ring girls and this anti-feminism. Like who, we've had men telling us what to do. Now we've got other women telling us what to do. If you feel empowered doing something and you're safe and you're in a, an environment like Monster is a safe, you know, is a very safe gig for me. Who's anyone else to tell me what that empowered me, changed my life, if threw me a lifeline, wow. you know? That is amazing. But at the same time, you know, it I couldn't I did it for four or five years and you know, it start I got to the end of my thing with it. You know, when you're working for a brand like that, it's you there's not much individuality. Like, you know, you have to have your hair a certain way, your nails a certain way, you do this, that, the other. And t- towards the end, I because I felt like I was outgrowing it a little bit I started pushing the boundaries like burning some bridges you know just like acting like just acting up yeah. because I started to be like no I'm gonna come with red nails like just for the fucking hell of it. right that's actually really cool though for you to like hear about the whole concept of how monster helped you because I yeah. agree I feel like so many people are so quick especially with whatever women are doing if anything has to do with your looks they're like it's degrading you're not empowering yourself and it's like hold on like why don't you Ask me how I feel first. Thank you. <laughs> and, and, and I feel like what the thing is, it's without this, how do I say this without it coming off really bad? Obviously, I you know, think of myself as somewhat intelligent, but some girls, they are just, they just do want to do their fucking hair yeah. and, and look pretty. And that's might be their thing in life. And why can you tell them that that's not good enough or that's not empowering? Like, what, you know, I'm not telling the girls at NASA, well, you can't work there because I'm not clever enough to work there. Like, let people do their thing. Yeah. Like, thank you for sharing that. You're so welcome. Love Island. Okay, so we're gonna we're gonna go through a little bit of that okay. for people that don't know. Also, I just want you to know, I only watch Love Island UK. I think it's entertaining. I haven't watched the Australia one. Have you? I, I dipped in a little bit, but not like. Is properly. it as good? I don't think I anything's as good as UK. It's not. <laughs> it's just not. Okay, so for anyone who has never seen Love Island, do you, how do you describe like the concept of the show? Oh. It's like good-looking girls and guys on an island, dating. It's a game show. There's money at the end. But the, essentially, it's like you get coupled up and you have challenges thrown at you. And it's it's a test. It's, you know, who can find a real connection, a connection real enough to take you to the final and maybe win that money. Although it's weird with Love Island, like... When you're in there, no one really talk gives a shit about the money. It's, it's yeah, it's kind of like you wouldn't, you don't even need the money at the end. The money is just like a, a thing, but it's it kind of yeah, it, no one focuses on that in a weird way. I love that though because I was thinking about it. I feel like Love Island is so much more accepted and loved than mm. consider like The Bachelor. It's like. It's not realistic that after six weeks, you're going to get married. Like, I love how Love Island is like, are we going to hit it off and are we going to leave here together as a couple? Like, that's so much more realistic. And obviously being in a house together and there's alcohol and there's nothing else to do other than... alcohol is like two glasses. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) No, but it is kind of... Wait, they would... Would they limit you? Are you you joking? Wait. Are you joking? Wait, two- oh my God. Wait why don't I know this? Two glasses. Of- on my series, okay, I'm, I can't speak on okay, my series. Yeah, yeah. We were all like balls to the wall crazy, so I- we might have been limited more than others, but it- we had two glasses of wine a night or beer. That's shocking because I didn't realize none of you were hammered. So all that stuff I'm doing, I'm basically sober. I'm just <laughs> I'm insane. like, she must be hammered when no. the fight scene happens. No, I, I didn't even have my drink yet. And then I went outside and the producer said, you're not getting anything tonight. I was like, oh, you're joking. I was like, I, honestly, I swear. I that was makes so it better. Can That's you imagine so if we were licking up? It'd be like a fight club. <laughs> no, it actually would have been probably like 
not even arable because it would have gotten so wild. So the reason is, they said, because I questioned them every day. It's the point where they're like, if you ask about it again, you're going to get a written warning is what I was told in the beach hut. Because I argued it every day is that the the show is, because it's about dating, about love. They don't want people doing stuff, you know, driven by alcohol. And the next day waking up being like, oh, I don't actually like him. I only snogged him because I was drunk because it's not that kind of show. It wouldn't make right, sense. They right. want people kissing and being in bed together because it's they want to, not because they're drunk. Right. Which is so different I feel like in real life though because let's well, be real <laughs> I mean I've gone from living on my own since I was like 21 right. to you know doing what I want to being told like you know you got, you got two glasses it was a real hard for my head like to deal with oh but, yeah um, I feel like I would feel that way too okay so that's a really good insider info I did not know so when you got there in your mind and your experience like what was the atmosphere and energy on that set series three was the one that like blew up right so we had series one and two in the uk that were popular so i was meant to go on series two this is like the tea wait give us how you were cast okay like tell me the tea so it's really like an eye-rolling kind of like nauseating ways but i was approaching instagram they dm me so series two they dm me i only watched little bits of series one it it was popular but really like no one was really talking about it Mm. i was doing the monster thing I'd started a thing off with this guy. He was like a rider, whatever, like motocross thing. And I was all about him. We'd done the tattoos and stuff after the second date. It was sweet. And then... Well, you um, actually did that. Yeah, I've got it still now. It's like a bit faded. But yeah, um, we did the Is whole... Brad like... Can we get rid of that? He's the most leg back guy. He I mean, he's care. practically horizontal. Like he's what? he's got like the BDE. Like you know, is that what Kim says? Like he's got that big, <laughs> big dick big energy. He couldn't give a shit. Like he's... yeah. What he's, is the tattoo of? It's just his initial... Yeah, I did it like this two weeks in space. Would you care if Brad had that? I don't think so. Really? No. I don't know. I would have cut it out of him in his sleep. <laughs> You're like, no, I wouldn't care. I would have just sliced it off during his time of sleeping. Um, like, he what? wakes up. What are you doing? Nothing. Also, for everyone listening, Brad is Olivia's fiance. Yeah, that's my okay, great. Okay, long-suffering so, fiance. You meet this guy. You get to two second date. Yeah, we're all into it. They approached me. They're like, you know, so I went and I, I didn't, we were just dating. So I was like... Um, you know, I'll see it through. Went to meet like interviews, whatever. Then they offered me on. I was all like, I was basically carrying it on as if I was gonna do it. And then it got to like literally, I'm leaving in like two weeks, and I was like, oh, I don't know. Th- like, I've got a really good thing going. I like this guy a lot. This show is it a bit like you know? I've seen all the kind of the promo images with the colorful backgrounds, and it was no one had really thought it was cool yet. Yeah. So I was like, I'm doing something that I think is quite cool, and I'm with this guy. So anyway, I just. I just ghosted. I just blocked everyone from basically ITV. I just and were they like hello? Yeah, they and were like, like calling. I was just panicked, blocked everyone. I was like, it's gonna carry on my life. And then basically, I was with him for a good like nine months or something. Anyway, he cheats on me, sleeps with this girl. I go like, how did you find out? Uh, I had like a, you know, just like a sixth sense. Mm-hmm. I can't remember now the exact. You just knew in your gut. I just knew, and I just, I honestly, I've mellowed so much. I just went like. I was, yeah, I was quite crazy. Wait, what did you do? You have to tell someone called her daddy, Olivia. I was just, like, writing on my Instagram, like, wild stuff, like, ugly pictures of him, like, look at this piece of shit that cheated on me. I was just, like, stuff that it's a shame because I could never do that now because people would be like, oh, like, you can't, you know, I just really enjoyed being, like, a nobody, you know, like, just (laughs) say what I wanted. I was calling up his work nonstop. I was just insane. I was just literally, my mum, we were shopping in London when I found out my mum's, like, wrestling me, like, in self, just trying to get the phone out of my hand because I'm doing so much damage. She's like, you need to stop. You need to stop. I'm like, I can't. And she's like, it's all for the better. I'm like, no, it's not. I'm like, comedy has done this to me. 
No, I get that feeling though. You're like, he needs to feel a little bit of the hurt that I felt. And so I get that. I get that. Yeah, okay. I just I just went, I reindulged myself. I treated myself to a proper meltdown. Absolutely. Like I really did. I was like smashed at 4 p.m. rolling around London, just like ringing up his work, just fucking crazy. Rang his mom. Um, <laughs> just everything. I'm like, your son's a piece of shit. And she's like, oh. Um, yeah. Good luck so, with life. <laughs> and then I saw this advert. I, I swear, again, it's like a whole universe moment. I saw this advert like casting for Love Island. It was on like a bus stop or something to like season three. And I thought, oh. I should have done that last year. So I go on my phone, I find these people from Love Island, I unblock a couple of them. I just ring them up, don't I? I just rang them up. Shout out to Lewis, who took the call. I was like, hi, I was like, do you remember me? And he was like, yes, you're the girl that disappeared. Like, And I was like, well, I was like, I would love to have a chance to go on the show. Like, can't even keep a straight face saying it. And he was like, I don't know what the execs are going to say. They're probably going to tell you to, like, take a running jump. He's like, but I will speak to them. Um, it's quite late in the day for, like, to see, I, you know, they think they'd already cast most people. Mm. I just hung up. I just then got all my feelings. Like, what am I doing? I don't want to do Monster anymore. Like, this guy's a loser. And anyway, he called me back, like, the next day. And he's like, you can come on if you leave in two weeks. So, literally, that was it. I went, like, on a mad, like, Zara haul. Like, <laughs> other brands are available. And just got all the bikinis, dresses. And, like, two weeks later, I was gone. So, once you got there and you were hanging, what was do you think the biggest key to success on Love Island so my thing going into it and I you know I'm really open about this when I had nervous feelings about going in I thought the worst thing you can do on these kind of shows I think is go in be booted out in week one and no one even remembers you were there like what was the point like I've left Monster they're not going to have me back I've burnt all those bridges I've left my modeling agency I've you know screwed off the guy that I was seeing like I felt like if I'm going to do this I have to do this properly and I'm going to make sure everyone knows that I'm in the building. Like, that was my main thing. And I really, you know, I just thought I'm going to... I thought to myself, when I get in there, I'm going to forget those cameras. I'm just going to do it how I would live life. But it's crazy. Like, I know everyone says it, but, like, after, like, 24 hours, you really forget. Like, you really forget you're, like, being watched. Oh, my God. Like, you know, there were certain members in that villa who maybe were slightly more canny and were you know more self-aware I've always been unself-aware I'd like to say like if you put me in now I know that they get how many billions of viewers a night that I would behave a different way I probably wouldn't because I can't I I cannot be anything but a hot mess I always talk about on my show, like, guys, self-awareness is so key. And Olivia's walking in and be like, I am so unself-aware. Oh. Can you give us examples of what you mean by that? Because you don't see... I get what you're saying of, like, the mm. hot mess. I, you look great put together right now. You're speaking eloquently. But what do you mean by you're unself-aware? Just, I, I, you know, I hate this expression, but, you know, like wear your heart on your sleeve I'm very like if I feel something or I don't like something or I don't like someone I can't help but kind of either my face says it or my mouth says it one of them is going to say it like I can't you know I can't be a wallflower despite trying at times trying it's really like verbal hard. diarrhea I feel like I'm literally like chewing my lips and it's I just <laughs> did you get in trouble for that a lot when you were younger oh like, oh my God, my mum used to say to me, like, what is this? I'm ADHD, which I know now, which explains a lot. But at school, I used to do the weirdest shit and then get in so much trouble. And then I'd cry on the way home. My mum would be like, well, why did you do that? And I'd be like, I don't know. I literally don't know. Okay, well, it made for really great reality TV. Okay, so wrapping up Love Island, when you look back, 
What did you learn about yourself during or after filming that entire experience? If I watch her now, like, you know, I watch myself on Love Island, I was quite angry. You know, I was, you know, my back was up. Like, I was looking for an argument all the time. I think I've mellowed. And I think it's not... There's nothing I would have done differently because that's who I was at that time. And hindsight and age, I'm a lot more relaxed now. I wouldn't get wound up about those kind of things. But that's who I was then. And also, it's like everything that has happened in my life is as a result. If I'd gone in there, like, you know, medicated in the corner, like not talking, then I wouldn't be sitting here totally you now so I think that's such a good answer because I I relate to that where like I started my show and I was 10 times crazier saying shit that probably like maybe wasn't at the t- now I look back I'm like I would never fucking say that now like yeah. I don't know if I would say that about a guy or a girl now but I think it's like that's growth right 100%. and people are like no like you can't change I'm not saying I changed I just grown and yeah. I have a different outlook on like the way I was when I was younger and there's different reasons why you did what you did on that show and if you went in there you still be loud and rowdy but you wouldn't maybe come off like in certain ways like you did in the past 100%. because you don't have that like baggage of those men fucking you over like you did when you were going in yeah This episode is brought to you by ZipRecruiter. Daddy gang, what are your plans for the summer? I want to probably sign up for a couple excursions with mats, really put myself out there, do something I don't usually do. But when you want something, you got to just go for it. And that applies when you're hiring for your business. ZipRecruiter can help you snag the most talented people before the competition scoops them up. And luckily, you can try it for free at ZipRecruiter.com slash daddy. Got your eye on a rock star candidate. ZipRecruiter's invite to apply feature lets you cut the line. Once you review ZipRecruiter's list of most qualified candidates for your job, you can easily invite your top choices to apply to encourage them to apply sooner. So amp up your hiring performance with ZipRecruiter, Daddy Gang, and find the best fast. See why four out of five employers who post on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate within the first day. Just go to ZipRecruiter.com slash daddy to try it for free right now. Again, that's ZipRecruiter.com slash daddy. ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. This episode is brought to you by Rocket Money. Something that really grinds my gears is I somehow will find myself just subscribing to things, right? And then all of a sudden I see I have been paying this subscription service and I don't even use it because I just forgot to cancel it. Rocket Money can help you cancel a subscription that would otherwise be more time consuming and also you probably forgot about. Rocket Money is a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions, monitors your spending and helps lower your bills so you can grow your savings. With Rocket Money, I can see all of my subscriptions in one place. And if I see anything I don't want, Rocket Money can help me cancel it with a few taps. Rocket Money has over 5 million users and has saved a total of $500 million in canceled subscriptions. So stop wasting money on things you don't use. Cancel your unwanted subscriptions by going to rocketmoney.com slash daddy. That's rocketmoney.com slash daddy. Rocketmoney.com slash daddy. This episode is brought to you by eBay. You know real when you get it. 
right, Daddy Gang? It'll say eBay Authenticity Guarantee, and you'll feel it. So look for the blue check mark next to that thing you love and be confident that every inch, stitch, sole, and logo is checked by experts. With eBay authenticity guaranteed, you can trust that feeling of real is always in reach. So ensure your next purchase is the real deal. Visit ebay.com for terms. Tap the banner to learn more. Congratulations of the new docuseries, Getting Filthy Rich. Yeah. First of all, I just have to ask you, like, how does that even feel? This like, is huge. I'm already having massive imposter syndrome even being here with you, but that's just tipped me over the edge. I now feel like I'm sitting in someone else's body. <laughs> no, no, own it because you're a boss. Like, it's incredible. So I want to just explain. I got an advanced copy of the first episode. And so to anyone listening, this show follows Olivia on her journey as she participates in various ways people use their body to make money on the internet. In the episode I saw, mm-hmm. Olivia dies, dives into the world of OnlyFans. She creates a profile and interviews a number of content creators to see what really goes on behind the scenes with people making money on OnlyFans. Okay. I have to check myself. Like I'm Let's just, check ourselves. Like How do we look? Okay. Had you ever considered doing OnlyFans prior to creating the series? Um, Not in a serious way. I think I'd thought about it because... I had heard this thing people get saying to me, oh, you should make I, these photos that you post. You should, you could make loads of money on OnlyFans. I kept hearing that again and again and again. So I was intrigued thinking, is it as easy as that? Right. So that was more, I think, you know, I think take me back pre-Love Island, like, you know, grid girl Olivia, she probably would have done OnlyFans. Right. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But me right now where I was, I was more just intrigued. Is it as simple as right. it sounds? It sounds way too good to be true totally is is OnlyFans what started it for you or like what how did the show come about for you I think we were you know I was really looking to get into like docuseries world mm-hmm. um obviously being from reality tv like you can be obviously put in a box and I'm happy with that box I actually love reality tv and I've got no like desire to be like it's the worst thing and get me out of that box but I was interested I feel like you know on a good day when I'm sober I've got a quite decent brain I can articulate myself like to a certain degree so I thought I definitely have more springs to the table so yeah we were talking with different networks different ideas and when this one came up I thought that's a really good fit and I'm genuinely fascinated so it's going to be like like, you know, exploring that area is going to be a genuine interest. Absolutely. And I feel like in, I know I only saw the first episode, but like it translates. Like I was talking about it with my team and we were like, this is exactly what you were meant to do in terms of like, I don't know many people that could have handled it as gracefully and respectfully, but also made it so fun as you because it is like a sensitive topic and Mm -hmm. definitely another woman needs to be in that room, Mm -hmm. but also someone that's like willing to see both sides and be a part of the experience. I thought it was really cool. So you get on OnlyFans in episode one. What was the most difficult aspect of being on OnlyFans? The 24 hour aspect of it, like I didn't, I really thought it was something where the way it was sold to me, you know, from people I spoke to was you make the profile, you stick the the pictures on and the money just comes in. That's not how you make money. The money's made in the DMs, like the constant communication. It's like the girls that are making the big money, they are on the site 24 hours a day. Like, Yep. You know, talking to these people, respond, and when you don't respond, because they've paid to be on your page, they just hound you, like, 
question mark, question mark. Like, you know, like, where are you? Like, you know, I was like quite taken back by that at first. I was also because, again, I think that's why I loved how you're peeling this layer back of like everyone listening. If you don't have OnlyFans, we all kind of have this idea in our head, right? Of like, you're right. The girl has the profile. She posts some photos. She gets money. Mm -hmm. And in this episode, it was so fascinating and everyone needs to go watch it because it really gives this inside look of how hard these women are working. Like when you were like, wait, so what would happen if a guy is going to pay you like a thousand dollars to sext him and you're out? And she was like, I would go to the bathroom. Mm -hmm. And I was like, oh shit. Like it never stops. And I could see you were kind of like, wait, this is giving me anxiety having this many messages on my phone and these people kind of thinking they have like a claim over me of like hi Mm -hmm. like you owe me something yeah um did you feel empowered while on OnlyFans I don't think I did because I had the account obviously for documentary purposes Mm -hmm. so it it was my own but I also I couldn't take like ownership over it because you know because I was trying to find that line of like you know I'm using it and I'm seeing how it works to do you know, justice to this show, but also it's not mine mm-hmm. in the sense where I'm going to engage in like, you know, I'm not going to send nudes out because they'd be out there forever. So it was, it was hard for me to, you know, f- land in a place where it felt like I was in control, I guess, because, you know, these people subscribe, they want nudity. They want like, they don't want bikini pictures. Like that's, that's the biggest myth. I think, you know, I think if you're already famous, whatever, you could monetize your bikini underwear pictures for a certain amount of time. Mm-hmm a limited amount of time and then you're going to have to do more or it's just going to die out or you're going to be earning not enough to like live off. I think that's also insightful because I feel like I've heard a lot of people like, oh, I'm just going to post some of like my bikini photos on there and no one really talks about how it lasts for two seconds and then people get annoyed. It's like, we'll take your top off, blah, blah, blah. And there's a lot of, it feels like pressure Mm -hmm. on the site that I don't think a lot of women are prepared for. A hundred percent, I think. And, you know, the temptation is like, it's crazy. You know, the DMs start coming through like, you know, 500 quid for it's a picture of your nipples. And it's like, if you were in a situation where you need 500 quid, like, how easy would it be just to and I think there's a disconnect isn't there between doing something in real life and doing it with your phone where like you could just do it and send it and there's the money but then it's like it's gone and you can never bring it back and I think for and I I, you know it sounds like I said that with judgment because I have you know you can see what I have no judgment but I think the danger is that I think for some girls it's absolutely great and they kill it and that you know every every downside of it like the preconceived notions that like you know they're a whore or they're promiscuous they, they it's water for ducks back but for a lot of girls they can't like and yeah. they find themselves in these on this site and they weren't expecting the pressure and they maybe succumb to pressure that they weren't gonna you know they go in there saying I'm gonna do xyz and they end up doing more and then you know that feeling of regret and shame and I yeah. think that's sad, you know? Totally. I felt like in the episode, you did a really good job of meeting with, like, a multitude of people showing the difference. Like, there were some people in this episode that had such a niche, like, way about going about it. Like, whether it was the fitness woman that was doing fitness and then sometimes naked while doing fitness. And it's Mm -hmm. like, she kind of had her angle. Mm -hmm. And she felt, I think, it appeared empowered because she was doing something she loves, which is working out, and then just monetizing the hell out of it. Then there were some other girls that were kind of like, I started and I just kind of started like 
with just underwear pictures. And then, yeah. and then it starts where what is the boundary and mm-hmm. they've crossed it for themselves. And then I'm sure it feels like there's no going back. Yeah. Did you feel like when you were around all these women, did you feel like they appeared to be empowered by what they were doing? I think it was a mix, to be honest. I think some very much yes and some not so much Mm -hmm. like you know I always it's my thing I went back to the grid girl thing it's like the whole feminist argument it's like who is anyone else to say what empowers someone if someone's telling me this makes me feel as an empowered woman more power to you like get it like a hundred percent but I think there was some that I met with and definitely over the other films like you know the porn episode and sugar babies again we we, you know I meet both sides I meet people that I can see are really struggling Mm -hmm. with that lifestyle choice and others that are thriving yeah so I think it's just it's not for everyone and the thing that was going into it and the whole, you know, it's like a cheeky title, like how to get filthy rich. But the idea was to see like, is it actually that easy? Because we all do it. I do that thing where I'm like, oh, I'm doing something. I'm like, oh, I'm just going to quit and do OnlyFans and do something easy. Like, and then you realise, like, oh shit, like, right. it's not easy. Like, Which I think is great, especially for women that this show is coming out because mm. I do think it's going to put a stop to that comment because I yeah. so agree with you. People are like, oh, fuck this. I'm going to quit my day job and go do OnlyFans. And it's like, I don't think people understand the gravity of that comment because of how much not only goes into it actually physically, but mm-hmm. also mentally seeing these women. There's just like a lot behind it that I, I think mean, you did a great job of capturing. It's, it's, for me, it's like every job right you do in the world has like this added tax, mm-hmm. right? So if you're, you know, what I do, I'm you know, showing every part of my life has a tax, you know, Instagram has an emotional tax. It makes mm-hmm. me feel, sometimes I feel judged, I feel stressed. Or if you work in the city and you're there like, you know, Six days a week, 10 o'clock at night, you don't see your kids. That's a tax. So does this. Like, this is not does not come without the downside, you yes. know? Like, the judgment. And I think, you know, these sites and, you know, you'll see in Cam Girls episode as well, it's like, the, the it is a hiding place for men as well to, like, express some pretty weird shit. Like, and these girls have to read this stuff, hear this stuff, with no one to really help them, like, break down the terrible things they're either said to them or they asked them to do right and some of the things that I heard were just absolutely like shocking like you know the fact they have to read these messages and then just get on with their day and how does that then affect their relationship with you know other straight men in their lives because what I think is so interesting about this whole online sexual economy debate we're all so focused on the girls like the girls who are doing OnlyFans like oh my god they're the worst but it's our dads, brothers, colleagues who are buying the shit. No one's worried about them. They're the ones asking for them to do X, Y, stick this up your ass. They're not like these mythical creatures that come up from the sewers. They right. are the men in our lives. I love how you're saying that. As much as it may pain people, you're right. It's like, it's, true, it's your dad. It's yeah. your brother. Because the man doing it is someone's son, is someone's dad, is someone's husband. You know what I mean? But we don't like, have a problem with them. We have a problem with the girls providing the content. But right. we're talking about millions of pounds a year. <laughs> this isn't like a niche. This is like the majority of men, not right. all. The majority. It's really interesting. Talking about cam girls, I was interested because I obviously haven't seen the episode, but 
Can you explain what a cam girl is and how it's different from participating on OnlyFans? So for me, when we were sitting down going to make the show and we talked about what the different episodes would be, I was like, cam girls, I think, I don't know if you have it in the States, like Babe Station, you know, the TV you know, the channel where they've got the phone. And yes. I was like, is that even a thing anymore? It felt very 90s. That's like, what I thought. It's the kind of thing that I would flick onto when I was younger on like the home yeah. telly and be like, oh my God. Like, so, but it turns out it's still like big money industry. And this is like, you know, we went, I spent 24 hours at a studio where it's on the phones, but it's also on like webcam. So they mm-hmm. kind of like... Like they log on and they pay to be on like the stream and the girl's there and then they can call the phone the girl will take the phone so it's like they can either do it from their home or in the studio but it's contained to like the site do you know what I mean yeah did so, you find that most of those women have only fans or no a lot yeah oh, not okay. all but most okay. because it's just a no-brainer but a lot of the girls who work in the site they maybe have only fans and they just like kind of dip their toe in it because they do the camming because they they like the fact that they log on for like a camming shift for like five six hours and then they they go and they leave and it's done whereas like oh. only fans never leaves you alone it's constantly you know it's on your phone That's you never so get a break so they find like doing the camming or going to a studio and being a cam girl it's, it it's really like, is like work, work and then literally like clock off go home and they've got kids and normal lives and husbands and they just leave that and then the next day they go back and they go back to work that makes sense because the OnlyFans episode really like again you guys have to go watch it because you feel how it's an every day every minute of your life thing where Mm -hmm. now I'm now I understand because I'm like why would a a girl do cam girling if it's OnlyFans you can do it from home there is a boundary yeah do you know like which cam girls obviously we haven't seen the episode yet but like the idea of it like who would make the most money like what kind of version of camming in what sense like Like, is is there are there different things that girls do that you can make like a different tier in camming like it's insane one thing across all episodes you'll see is like this and I I really want to sit down like with a clinical psychologist and pick this apart because there has to be a reason yep this feet thing right across every single episode there's this undercurrent about feet so the girls in the camming show the ones who are like great at the feet chat who can like dangle the stiletto on their big toe like do all the they kill it because literally six out of ten calls will be about feet. What the fuck is up with men and feet? I don't know, but we need. I need to get to the bottom we, of that. I do too. We should honestly call us. Like, I'm gonna yeah. call my therapist right now and be like, "Hi, there what the fuck to is be up?" Like some That's so connection, something like Freudian nightmare because this all the way through. Yeah. Okay, you talk about sugar babies. Mm-hmm. What was the biggest misconception you had about sugar babies? That is always in exchange maybe for sex for money. Mm. And I met girls, you know, and people might roll their eyes and be like, oh, bullshit. No, these girls are, like, honest with me. Like, there is arrangements where it's not sexual. It's just dinner. Yep. Like, or it's just company. Or it's some of them, it's not even in person. It's just talking. And he mm. might, you know, pin them, like, 500 quid or whatever. Right. So I thought, who the hell is going to give someone money do you know what I mean? For nothing, yeah. basically. Oh, yeah. I've heard of people also, like, I had a friend that did it, and it was just to go to dinner and just to basically be his date. And I'm like, eventually, is it going to progress to sex? 
eventually they they do kind of ask, I think, but like for a while you can kind of stay in that gray zone, which again kind of reminds me of the OnlyFans thing where yeah. like you can stay in this gray zone for a little bit of like I'm comfortable with this and then someone's going to ask and then you have to know like how to set that boundary for yourself. 100% and I think one of the girls I've met, um, she, you know, she'd had this arrangement with a guy for like three, four years, you know, she'd never had sex with him and she said it's all about your approach. Like from day one, you set that, You it's the way you approach the situation that you approach that guy and you let him know that. And I think that's, you know, where experience, age, everything comes into it. Same with OnlyFans. I think, you know, you have to be a very strong person to yeah. be like, this is my boundaries and I'm not going to move. Whereas I think if you approached it and you're not really sure what you're gonna your angle is, and it's easier for someone to maybe coerce you. Totally. Because you don't even know yourself. But I think what did you find is the hardest thing about being a sugar baby? I think maybe just living in that limbo land. You know, mm. it's like you don't have a boyfriend. But you're not single, and and they and essentially they, they are the one handing out the money. So you have to kind of you know, I guess I mean it depends how much money we're talking. You know, a lot of the girls it's like it's hard for them to have a normal job and be a sugar baby because some of these guys want them with them all, all the, the time. time. And then you know I think some of the girls I spoke to it's like it's great if you've got a great thing going, but if he just like drops you like that, you can go from living this like <laughs> unreal lifestyle. That's where it's like being smart, like, you know, getting the allowance, banking the money. Whereas, like, I think if you're younger and just, like, living life and spending and then he's just like, oh, bye, you could be like, ah, I can't afford my apartment, I can't afford my car. Like, it's a very fine line of, like, thriving and succeeding and using the system and kind of, like, doing your thing with it. But you have to know, like, this takes way more work than we give these women credit for. Oh, like, they are straight up hustlers. Like, if you, the girls that do it right, it's like, it's it's an art form Mm -hmm. at at the peak. Like, you know, like you say, it's like, it's like any relationship when you're young or like, you know, you're not thinking straight, you don't set your boundaries or your standards. So that means the standards and the, it's just all a mess. Like, so it's like anything. You have to go in and be like, this is what it is this totally. is what I want from you this is what I'm going to give you it's and like I- we literally we need someone to like that's done this to like create a crash course which I kind of think you're in a way this is like the beginning of it because by you peeling this layer back it's giving people kind of that like introduction of mm-hmm. what the world will be if you're interested in it and I think for a while there hasn't been that so women are just blindly going into it because they just have money on the mind which I so get yeah who doesn't but it's like there's no idea of like how far it's going to go and what's going to happen. Because I think what I love about this show is that it's like an immersive documentary, but it has heart and it has humor and we're not coming at it from an angle. Whereas I think other shows that have looked at these subjects are coming from like a slightly judgmental. Mm-hmm. It feels kind of like seedy. I don't think there's anything wrong with, you know, dating someone for like, financial gain or you know life experience or you know whatever it may be for travel like what the hell you know if you're two consenting adults you're you're not hurting anyone what does it matter but I think like you say like young girls need to and I think that's what this show is nice because it's very balanced we're not glorifying anything it's the girls are really honest they're like I make you know Bonnie she's like I'm making 250 grand a month my best month but it's a heavy load to carry. Like, mm-hmm. it's not just as easy as that, you know? Totally. I know I haven't watched it yet, and we're all going to see it, but you also experienced the Pornhub world. Mm. What was your approach for that episode? Were you nervous? 
I was excited. Like, oh, yeah. I was excited. I was like, I actually think I say in the beginning of episodes, like, I've only seen one penis for the last couple of years. I was like, let's see it. So I was excited to, like, see some willies and, like, just be amongst it. And also just as someone that's like, you know, everyone's watched porn, but to actually see how it's made. Yeah, how was that? Wild. What was that like? Like, just, I mean, obviously, I went to an orgy one time. I'm, like, giggling because it's, you know, it, when it's right there in the flesh. But it's just, it's all so different to how you imagine it to be. I like the, I learned, like, the, the cum shot, you know, like, on the thumbnails on the website, that's, like, Gaviscon. Do you have Gaviscon? It's no. like a like heartburn medication. They just throw it over the girl's face, not even semen. Stop. I swear, at the beginning of the shoot, they'll sit there and they pour, like, this heartburn medication or something, like, goopy, and they position it all perfectly. <gasps> And they do all the photos. Yeah, because I was thinking, like, actually, right. when you think about it now, it makes sense. Because, like, who has, like, that much semen? And also, the positioning of it is always, like, perfect. perfect. Then they wipe it all off. Then they do, like, then they'll do still shots. Then they'll plan out, like, you're going to be there doing doggy. It's just mental. It's like, a full production. Mi- full production. Which I think is nice to hear, and I'm glad that you're yeah. kind of, like, breaking down that wall again. Because I know, when I was like, I'm going to get a facial from this guy's penis, and he's going to go all over my face. And I remember the first time it happened, it went, right in my eye and I fully was like blackout like couldn't oh. see like was just like fucked for the rest of the week and I'm like wait why does it look like this on porn because it doesn't actually fucking happen that doesn't happen like that what why are people do you think still shooting for porn sites if only fans exist we had this kind of that was like a question that went throughout mm-hmm. that film and <laughs> ultimately is that there is still a demand for high production value porn. People still like it, you know? OnlyFans, I think, is like your impersonating intimacy. You know, it's that intimate thing, the back and forth, the messages, you know, giving someone that, like, personalised experience, whereas porn is much more you know, a fantasy, it's costumes, it might be right. in a style that someone, you know, like they do the sci-fi shit and whatever, like it's a different, it's a completely different thing. I but think. aren't women in porn not making as much Oh, as... sorry, you meant the actors. No, no, that was actually helpful oh, too, yeah. So a lot of them are doing both okay. now. Mm-hmm. But the thing is with uh, the bigger porn stars, they might have like really big contracts with like a Brazzers or, you know, Digital Playground or something. And they're like on really good money. So it's, and I think, you know, some of them have like no OnlyFans policy, you know, if you, you have wow. that contract. Okay. Um, I know obviously that the money you can earn is a lot more in the States than it is in, you know, the UK in terms of porn and stuff. But yeah, the bigger porn stars, I think, they stick to their like it's like a trade isn't it like you know it's like there's a skill they've you know and they have they make really good money so all they have to do is go and maybe shoot two films a week Mm -hmm. and get like the big check whereas what they'd have to do on OnlyFans to make the same would be way more laborious in your episodes and through your experience like did you find any women struggling with knowing if they wanted to stay in porn or not um, I met a, I met a girl who was um, a girl Alex who was she'd done OnlyFans and she was wanting to move into porn, um, and she to me was someone who seemed really unsure. It, it filled it filled me with a lot of anxiety after I met her actually, and she um, went and she did like a I think like a hand job video whatever, and she hated it, and then she realized it wasn't for her, and I was like, thank God that you did that and not something else, like, mm-hmm. so you could make that decision. Um, I, I spoke to, you know, the girls who are, like, regular porn stars, like Scarlett I spoke to, like, a lot of the really professional shoots, they will have, like, 
a check sheet at the beginning. So they'll be like, they'll go through it, the stars. So it'll be like anal tech or strangling. She could be like, no, don't oh, And they okay. X and tick everything that's like a yes or a no. And then that's like the print. Like no one strays from that. She said, don't touch my arsehole so he can't or vice do you know what I mean That's, okay, but then yeah. she said she, you know, she'll go to shoots where like they don't do the checklist and it's just a bit of a free for all so she, you know there is you know I think there is risk involved I think yeah. that's why OnlyFans as well is appealing to a lot of sex workers because mm-hmm. you know it's it takes away that risk doesn't it of having to interact with other people absolutely yeah which episode mm. was your favourite to create and why I'm going to surprise everyone this I think but Cam Girls I think is my favourite episode Purely just, it's a really hard one because it's, it's like, they, they love them all. It's like my babies. Mm-hmm. But Cam Girls, the girls I met were just, I they I really, I don't know, I just connected with them. They, it was just so much heart and they were so open with me. And it was such a diverse like kind of range of girls who like go to this studio, do this job, which is just so crazy to a lot of us like you know and then they go home and they're mothers or they've got other jobs and it's just like there's so much more than what people would pigeonhole them as and I just loved it I love being at the studio I love being with the the girls what was the studio like just, like, are they in a room by themselves? It's like this big studio and it's like like sectioned down all the way. It's open, right? And each booth is like different colours or different themes. And the girls are all in there on the phone and the webcam. And so when you're on an evening when I was in there, it's just a room of like sex noises, dirty talk, like all competing over each other. But they say like they can hear each other a bit. But it's not that loud. But to me, it was like, how can you even think straight? Because it's like, literally, I'm talking like, you know, like when you go to a photo shoot and they use those polystyrene. Yes, it's That's yes. what's separating each thing. And wow. it, it was, my head when I left that night was like spinning. I was like, just listening to everything. The phone's ringing. Right. I answer the phone's this guy and he's like panting down the phone. I was like, this is... Can Did you-, you talk to someone? <laughs> yeah, I was like giving him all the chat and then I just couldn't. And I, I Wait, give us a little preview. Give I was like, preview. hey, baby, are you horny? And then the go- I don't know why I'm doing an American accent. But that's just what came out. I feel like if you're going to do a porn voice, it has to be American. Even Wait, the- really? Yes. Like, oh, it- okay, I didn't think about that. That's so because I just feel like most porn you watch is... Give me your best American. Hey, baby, are you horny? Do you want to fuck? What's that not? Like, hey, hey, daddy. Hey, no. daddy gang. <laughs> Yeah, we're like getting so nasty. He's like, daddy gang. That's really interesting too. Did you find a lot of these women in the cam world were like friends or did was it kind of like, do no, my work, get out of there? I think that's why I like, that's why I kind of got emotionally involved with that place because they were like, it's like a bit of a sorority vibe. Like yeah. they was all like, and what was made me feel nice is that, and the thing which I think makes doing OnlyFans or coming from home really hard, if they got a call and some guy asked them like to do some terrible thing, you know, if people call up and ask like disturbing things, like will you pretend to be like my sister or my mum and I'm gonna rape you? It's just horrendous, and they have to like mentally like process the fact that that is an actual human being out there in the world having these thoughts. They then have each other to lean on. They can be like, I just had this call, and they all can relate. Whereas you know other girls who are doing OnlyFans and maybe their other girlfriends aren't doing OnlyFans if they ring their friend who works like as a dental hygienist I'm like someone just asked me to stick a remote control up my ass like she's gonna be like can't relate like yeah like at work babe at yeah, the desk. Work, yeah gotta they, go into a just, meeting I can't help you whereas yeah. I think it's for them it's like being around other girls who are doing the same thing and they can all relate to each other and that's amazing and I think 
it's it's just cool to hear that because I can imagine at times the OnlyFans world can be a bit isolating and lonely because the perks of shooting at home, sure, are great, yeah. but then being alone, you're like, what the fuck? And it's all about the numbers, and it can be quite competitive, I think. And totally. they're obsessing over, yeah. Totally. So you really immersed yourself in each of these episodes. Was there ever a specific moment where you felt uncomfortable? Do you know what it is? What was hard for me is, like, I'm open I'm pretty liberal like I you know this it's hard because there's stuff that I would do if I wasn't like live from Love Island because I'm, I'm I was trying to always walk the line of like I want to do this documentary I want to be immersive I want to get my hands dirty but I also want people to like not get confused I don't want this to become about me so if I you know I was thinking on OnlyFans I want to post something more sexy to like see how that but then I'm thinking the only thing that will happen is then that photo of me will just get pulled out of there putting British tabloids out of context and then it's not going to become about what it's about. Right. So it was me trying to be really immersive without going to a point where people get distracted and they're just worried about what I'm doing. Oh my God, she's got her kit off. Or, or you know, yeah. I'm sure this, when the show comes out, you know, there's going to be, you know, I do the sex call and whatever and people are going to, you know, I'm, I was an extra in a porno and all this shit. And I love that, but it's like, yeah, it was just trying to, trying to find the right... Right. We in the porno, do you get naked? No. Okay. But see, I maybe would have, like, got... Yeah, I wouldn't have, like... Went topless or something. But, yeah, I don't really know. camp for who I am now. Like yeah, because it would have then... People would have been like, oh, you know, she's just... Yeah, and again, it's almost like the whole thing. I'm doing this documentary and I'm I'm wanting to, like, break down these walls of, like, stigma and the way we pigeonhole women. And then I'm the I'm there. It was like a head fuck because right. I'm like, well, I can't go in my underwear too many times. And people would be like, well, she's not really a presenter because she's constantly naked. So it's like, and I'm feeling oh, the same stigma so myself. It's like a matrix. Yeah, I when I was watching episode one and with the OnlyFans, there were, when two of the girls were shooting mm. on the side, you made a comment and you're like oh my god I have this like I'm feeling like this maternal instinct towards these girls mm -hmm. what why did you feel that I think I, I know the scene you're talking about it just those two girls were so young and they you know I don't want to sound patronizing they probably like would think oh fuck off we're fine like mind your own business grandma like do you know what I mean when I was their age I would have been thinking I'm literally making money but I just think I just look I saw especially more in one than the other I was like I just reminded me when I was her age and I was so like ambitious and I reckless and she might be way more mature than I am and she might do this for the next 10 years and smash it and I hope that is the case but you know when someone's a lot younger than you as a girl yes. and I just looked to her I, I don't know I just just I just felt it, she was talking reading out some messages she'd have from guys that were like pretty hardcore like really emotionless and I just thought I hope that you're okay yeah, like I yeah. hope do you know what I mean I, I just and that sounds really fucking patronizing but that I, that's me being really honest of how I felt in that moment I'm not you know I appreciate and no that. judgment I just it's like more of like a big sister feeling I wanted to be like yes I mean I cool? felt it while yeah. watching it because I was like oh my god like I just want to make sure because there yeah. maybe aren't guidelines when that one girl mentioned like this guy like sent me my address and said I know where yes. you live I was like yeah when it comes to safety of these women that's where I get really nervous and I think that's something that's not talked about enough no. is like sure we can glamorize all of it that the media does but like this show is helping because you're hearing from their mouth yeah. not other people that gossip of like what their day-to-day -day is but um, like you say it's like taking out the shadows like if your friend wants to have a sugar daddy fine but she needs to feel like she can tell you and where she's going rather than sulking off like into the darkness and yes. not telling and putting themselves in danger and being judged yes yeah, so if they feel like 
safe and it's it's accepted, they can tell their phone, hey, I'm going to drop my pin, you can check that, you know, I'm totally. safe. Because it's like a murky world. It is. Which of the four ways selling essentially your body on the internet seemed like the healthiest and safest option? Oh God, that's really hard because I feel like it's just down to the individual. Mm-hmm. Some people, you know, being a sugar baby just wouldn't work. Whereas, you know, other people being on, I couldn't spend that much time on my phone. Mm-hmm. I, I hate how much time I spend on my phone as it is like doing Instagram and stuff. Like I could not be that logged into a website, you know? So it's, yeah, it, I think it's person to person. Yeah, that's interesting. Because it's like, if you are a super outgoing mm. person, maybe the sugar baby situation is more for your personality. Yeah. Whereas maybe if you're like more introverted or whatever, like maybe OnlyFans, or that could not be the case. Like yeah. everyone's going to feel differently. Like if you want to be out and you want to travel and you want to be social, like being a yeah. sugar baby would be great. Or, you know, vice versa. Right. I think, yeah. What, and, okay, so now we're like wrapping up like, Having this conversation, I really appreciate this series and what you're doing to kind of conclude in this conversation, though, like what advice would you give to women after experiencing and watching all of this that are interested in getting into either camming or OnlyFans or porn or sugar baby situation? I think as hard as it is like to block out the outside noise of like what other people think you should be doing because I always think when people say always oh, something bad like does it feel bad if, if it makes you feel good go for it but think think about it like don't like just sleep on it a little bit and also going into any of those areas of work as hard as it may be to stick to them I think try and go in with like your boundaries this is what I'm going to do you know I always think you're with OnlyFans that one of the massive issues is like the content leaking if something which unfortunately at the moment the leaking is such a problem whatever you post nine times out of ten will be leaked so if you would just die if that was out and your family and friends saw it then maybe you don't post it yeah if, if you wouldn't if you can own it then do it I think it's just like yeah having your boundaries and, and what you can be happy with I, I love that because I feel like the even just the first episode I was so interested in listening and really learning from it and there's so many great things that I can't even imagine the rest of the series like every single person listening we have to go watch it when it comes out because I feel like the boundary thing you're right that is it it's Mm -hmm. like watching these girls starting on OnlyFans Mm -hmm. and the girls were like, I started posting this photo. But then when you, you're so right when you earlier said like, when someone offers you so much money to just quickly take a picture of your tits and your phone is in front of you, you never have to like interact and see the man. It's like, it's a fake world almost in your mind. So you really have to keep in mind of like, what did I come into this Mm -hmm. believing in for myself is right and how I'm going to be able to sleep at night feeling good. Yeah. And I appreciate you saying that. You're right. Like nine times out of 10, these photos will be on the internet. And if you are okay with that, thrive, bitch. But just know that line because I don't think enough people talk about that. No. You know what I mean? And I think you're right. And I think it's, you know, it's it's not about glorifying it or or condemning it. It's just being real. Like, yeah, like we're not here to judge. No. we're not saying like everyone go sign up yeah, today it's like, like it's, it's, it's like it's happening in the world so we need to talk about it especially because it's mostly women but it's also like let's just have an honest conversation about it's it it's like I would say you know about reality TV when people it's so easy for people to condemn it it's like no one's got a gun to anyone's head right so if you go into it with eye, your eyes open so if 
you are willing to go, you know, onto a TV show and expose yourself to the world, or think about it. Like, yeah. don't do you sleep on it and mm-hmm. think of the pros and the cons. Make a list. I mean, it's easy for me. So I'm really impulsive. I literally make all my decisions <laughs> like that. But I mean, yeah, it'd be a nice idea to weigh everything up <laughs> totally and I think and then I have one last question but I do think it was really cool because I was thinking about it when I was watching that first episode and I was like I feel like a really also good way for women before getting into it would be reaching out to some creators and being like hey I know you have no idea who I am yeah I'm thinking of starting an OnlyFans do you have like five minutes of your time to just chat because your show I just forgot one area yeah, that really ahead. freaked me out what? it's the referral thing so other content creators if they can get someone to sign up they get like a bonus oh. so that was one area that I was a bit like oh like so I think yeah if you can oh, so speak to someone oh. you trust but I do think there's a bit of a, like a thing where like girls are recruiting other girls it's like an ulterior motive yeah so that's the only thing because they give that girl or, bo- or boy right like, you know this boy's like, you know, like a, a bonus if they get someone oh, sign up so I think yes yeah, so you just have to be really savvy okay so definitely don't reach out to anyone never mind just literally watch Liv's watch new show, show because it, that is you're breaking it down and everyone has a different perspective last question okay what was your biggest takeaway from creating this series I think I touched on it briefly. It's just the, the interesting that we live in this world where all the obsession is on the women creating the content, but no one's talking about the people buying it. Right. The reason OnlyFans is what it is is because all the men in our society are the, the, the demand. Mm-hmm. So, and not that there's anything wrong with that, but I just think it's interesting. We're never looking at the people asking for, you know, whatever it is. We're always looking at the people providing it and you know, and shaming them and looking down on them. But we don't worry about the fact that it's probably Bob from next door. Mm-hmm. Like, he's the one asking for the feet video. Do you know what I mean? Totally. I just think we've got a long way to go to move that, the sexism and the stigma. I think, you know, I hope shows like this will break down boundaries and, you know, it, it kind of humanises these girls. I think it's very easy to dehumanise people that work in the sex industry and I think the online sexual economy is even more dehumanizing because we just see them as like robots online but these are real people with real lives with families with partners whatever yeah and we they should be treated like that I think that this show truly is Mm -hmm. breaking down a barrier of like showing the behind the scenes and exactly what you said we are all of us are essentially dehumanized because of social media and the mm-hmm. world we live in. 100%. And this show is like, no, let's humanize these people. Let's go into their bedrooms. Let's see their lives. Let's see the cars they drive. Let's watch them through day to day. And it's, I think it's amazing. Daddy gang, you need to go watch. It is going to be amazing. I love you. I'm so honored you're here. This was so fun. Ditto. Thank you so much. Amazing. Thank you for having me. The amount of things that are said on Love Island Mm -hmm. that as someone from the United States, I had to Google furiously because I'm like, what is she saying? He's a melt. What does a melt mean? What is happening? What is going on? I'm Googling like a freak. And I just was obsessed. I started speaking in the accent. Then it was awful. (laughs) Then I had to move on. But I need to go through some of these terms and ask you to explain them for me. I hope I'm like down with the kids enough to actually get this. No, I might be sad. Okay, you can start with what the fuck does a melt mean? A melt, like it, so 
a drip. Do you say that in the States? No, like, with her. Just like, normally if you say it about a guy, I'll go, it's got no backbone. They're just a drip, just like a wet rag. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I or, feel like we would say like like a pushover, like weak. Yeah, or maybe it's, it can be a guy or a girl, but a lot of times people say it about a boy. You know, they, you know, when they start to like a girl and they go soft, they go, oh, he's a melt. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's that, you know, it's toxic soft. masculinity thing of being like, if you're nice to a girl, you're a melt. If that's what it is. Okay, like, that makes sense. Okay, what about he pied me off? Like ghosted, like just okay. Done. But you guys say pied instead of ghosted. Well, we say ghosted, but pied is like he ended it. He broke just up. broke up. Yeah, got it. Okay, mugged off. The similar thing. Like okay. mugged off would be more just like yeah, a guy just kind of tosses you to the side, like with not much explanation. And if you were saying someone's attractive, you guys would say he's fit. Yeah, love that. And it has no like relation to their physical. Like, what would you call someone if you're like, oh, he's fucked a lot of girls? Shagger. Shagger. Okay, we would say, I guess, like, (laughs) I tried to do the accent. It came out so bad. It's like a mix between, like, Australian and, like, British. Awful. Okay, so we would probably say, like, he's a player or, like, a man whore. Yeah, we say, we say fuck boy, but not, yeah, we say, but yeah, or he's a shagger, like, shagger. Shagger. Okay, what about. That's stunning, by the way. I want that as my ringtone. Okay, cracking on. What does that mean? cracking on would normally mean like you meet a girl you've exchanged number you're going on date you're cracking on you're just yeah. like you're... we would say like vibing yeah got it okay what is grafting you know um oh, I can't think of what the American term would be but like working a girl like you're DMing you asking you out he's putting the work he's got the hard hat on the boots the shovel like he is <laughs> he is in it yeah he's doing you. everything like do you see that as a negative kind of no like they oh, okay have like to he's graf- putting in work yeah like you they need to graft okay. like for sure because i remember in the show it was like oh he's really grafting or he's grafting he's grafting 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 <laughs> or in grafting if you're in the north grafting. grafting we're grafting okay that makes a lot of sense because it was so fun i think that's also why i enjoyed because i was like learning so much about <laughs> the education yeah it was education mixed with a little psychotic behavior and it made for great tv this episode is brought to you by doordash one zero dollar delivery fees try dash pass by doordash daddy gang i love being home i love to be cozy comfortable laying on the couch i can't tell you how many times i need something but i am too lazy to get up and get out of the house and sometimes i need food or groceries you name it dash pass gets it delivered right to my door and yours too it is only 9.99 a month so i think it's a really good deal daddy gang so Get $0 delivery fees on eligible orders with DashPass. And new members get a 30-day free trial. Terms apply. Sign up today. 